welcome to the Practical Family Podcast. I am your host, Jen Bryant. And I'm your co-host, Jordan Marzon. And we're here with the next episode in the Strong Enough series here on the Practical Family Podcast. This episode series is specifically for you, mamas, because we're here to tell you that you are already enough. Yep, you are strong enough to handle the craziness that life throws at you. And Practical Family is here specifically to strengthen moms for real life struggles. This is a podcast to help you discover your gifts and embrace grace. You know, moms, there are so many things that convince us that we're not enough and that trying harder is the only solution. And unmet expectations frustrate us. Comparison steals our joy. Hoping others will change isn't realistic. More usually isn't better. And so we're saying enough already. Mama, you are already enough. Let us help you explore some super practical ways to tap into your strengths and give the best of yourself to your family. Jen, I'm so excited to be here with you today. Uh, A little bit of that's forced because today we're talking about how deep struggle leads to great growth. And as a personal principle, I avoid struggle, pain, and sometimes growth. Kidding. Not all the time, but some (laughs) of the time. But Jen, why? Why is this an episode? Why do we have to struggle? I just, I wish it weren't so. Well, to quote my mother, because I said so. Okay? That's why. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel any better about this, but okay. No, no disrespect to your mom. Uh, okay. <sighs> Struggling and growth do really go hand in hand. As much as we want to avoid them, they really, really do. Because struggle is inevitable. You know, Jesus said, hey, Jesus said, in this world, we will have tribulation, but take heart because I have overcome the world, right? <laughs> yes. Something like that. Yes. I'm like, oh, Lordy, <laughs> my Sunday school lack thereof is showing. No. But, you know, we have to learn to do hard things and struggle and <laughs> my mind just turned to jello. Oh my God. <laughs> and struggle? <laughs> That's a thing. You got to do that. Mm-hmm. Amen. You That's might even struggle when you're trying to talk about struggle <laughs> in a podcast. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, there's the old saying, and it's been said many times by many people and changed along the way, that anything worth doing, can you finish the sentence? Is worth doing right, isn't that one of them? worth doing right, worth doing better. I've heard it said a lot of different ways for different reasons in different contexts. But today we're talking about anything worth doing is worth doing badly. It's worth doing badly until you get it right or until you learn from it or until you grow. And struggle is just like, you know, that that old elementary picture of the seedling that's in the dirt and it's got to struggle through the dirt to, to hit the sunlight, to become its beautiful. Yeah or vegetable self or whatever it's going to become. We have to be able to struggle through the difficult things, through confrontation, through conflict, through doing things differently, learning new life skills. And that's Mm -hmm. just us. And then we have to teach it to our kids. Okay. Be able to to become adults in this world who are actively contributing and to fulfill our God given calling. Really? There we go. So, 
the very romantic illustration this also makes me think of is um, chickens hatching from eggs or anything that hatches from an egg, right? Like if you bust open a chicken egg and let them out of the shell, they're not going to be strong enough to even live. So you have to sit there and watch these poor little chicks fight their way out of their shell because they've got to struggle out of the shell and that's what makes them strong enough to be able to be the chicken God created them to be. Wow. Wow. I know it's deep. I know. Jen. No, but it's it's strong enough. This is the series that we're doing. Ladies, mamas, be the chicken God created you to be. <laughs> be, be the chicken. <laughs> I would love Jen. I mean it with love. <laughs> you are the mama hen God wanted you to be. And the only reason you're strong enough because you did struggle to get out of that shell. Yes. But, you know, the struggle doesn't end for a chicken after the shell. It keeps going, you know. It's a life full of struggle. Jen, you're a mama chicken. <laughs> I am a mama what you, chicken. What do, you, what do your struggles look like? Oh, man. Well, struggling to raise tiny humans, first of all, and get them through their struggles, through their pain and, and their discomfort. You know, teaching my son to make his bed was the epic struggle of the year last year <laughs> like mm. with him with his body and the fitted sheet and making sense of the mattress and not leaning on it with his knee and it was like it doesn't fit because I can't lift the mattress and it was not yeah. the best day because I at some point I had to just leave him in his room and say you can do this figure it out <laughs> like I cannot <laughs> do everything for you anymore. And, and that's the thing about parenting. It's like, we don't want to do things for our kids that they can do for themselves. You know, when they get old enough to, to do things, if they can sort colors, you could have them sort laundry. You know, we I actually have a resource um, about age appropriate responsibilities because we need to be assured as parents that we can lead them to age appropriate tasks so that they can be active mm -hmm. contributors in, in their home because that allows them to grow in the sense of self-sufficiency, confidence, personal pride. We can instill that in our kids, but we can't take them where we are not willing to go ourselves as parents. And this is where learning to be strong enough comes in. Really, this episode is based around the fact that we can acknowledge that there are hard things in life, even as adults still. Things are difficult to overcome if we don't allow ourselves to go to those hard places. So we're going to talk about two main things. And it was a struggle just to narrow it down to two <laughs> basic points in this podcast episode because I avoid brevity because I feel the need to explain and explain and explain because I'm a teacher and I need to stop and get to the stinking point. So Jordan. Okay, step one, you have to do exactly what Jen just did. You have to stop avoiding the pain. That's number one. You're going to stop avoiding the pain of editing yourself when you know you should. Jen, we're not telling people to go, like, jump off a cliff or to purposely stub their toes or anything, right? We're not saying go hurt yourself, but we're saying that there is a kind of pain that we should start leaning into or we should be leaning into because there's good pain and there's bad pain, right? Yeah, there's good and bad pain. And I love what Henry Cloud and John Townsend said in their book, How People Grow. It's one of my favorite books ever about personal growth. And they said that bad pain 
comes from repeating old patterns and avoiding the suffering it takes to change those patterns. Because many times people suffer because of their own character faults. Bad pain is basically wasted pain. It's the pain we go through to avoid the good pain of growth that comes from pushing through. And that pushing through, we're going to define later when we talk about solutions as perseverance and what perseverance looks like, what the Bible says that perseverance looks like. And it's only going to add good things to our character, really good things. But good pain happens when we have no other choice but to overcome, right? Mm. And kids push through difficult tasks when we're not always right there hovering over them, making sure that they're okay or that they do it right. You know, they are challenged to push through difficult things when they know that they don't have the safety net of their parents. You know, that's why it's, you know, like mama birds push their kids out of the nest. And I'm like, wow, that seems harsh, but like, they're not going (laughs) to learn to fly any other way, you know? And so Mm -hmm. we can't be ready to rescue them or make it easy for them. Just like we can't expect people to rescue us or do the hard things for us when we need to overcome things, you know? I think you were talking about this too earlier, Jordan, in terms of like relationships and conflict and ugh, taking the scary steps to do that. Yeah, Jen, I was talking about how that's a, that's a good kind of pain when we choose to break our old cycles of bad and kind of worthless pain. Oh my goodness, it hits me so bad when um, in that quote they call a uh, bad pain is basically wasted pain. Like, ugh, like you're literally just wasting your pain and your energy. But making the choice in a relationship, especially adult to adult relationships, to address something, a little pain that's consistently going on, but taking the bigger and more uncomfortable step of confronting that and choosing to change that pain in that relationship. But that means you're going to have to step out of your comfort zone and say, hey, something's wrong. We need to talk about it. We need to do something about it. And then you're afraid of them saying, no, we can be afraid that our spouse or a partner or a friend or our parent or whoever it is that we need to talk to is going to react negatively to that. But that one moment of pain and that confrontation worth avoiding all of that wasted pain of those daily little hurts. And so that's another good kind of pain that we need to lead into a little bit more. Yeah. So that's a good example the, the everyday relational things for sure. I know that every time I've had to talk to my husband about something uncomfortable, or every time he's had to confront me on something because he knew it may affect the mood in our home, you know, we both both knew at that point in time that it was for a greater good. You know, it was for furthering the cause of our family or our marriage or our, you know, decisions with our business or whatever. And so we, sometimes you have to sacrifice the the comfort in order Mm -hmm. to move something along that's bigger than you. Yeah going to say, how do we infuse this into parenting? What does it look like when we try and teach our kids the difference between good pain and bad pain? And what do we do when they're stuck sitting in an ugly place and we just have to watch them? Uh, Well, I've had to walk both of my kids through their difficult pain lately. We're playing cornhole in the front yard. (laughs) Have you ever played cornhole? Hashtag struggle. 
Cornhole's a rough one. Yeah, I still played cornhole. It's a magical game of bean bags and slanted boards. Yeah. <laughs> so our friend brought it over and we were playing and, you know, between Chloe and I, uh, you know, I'm a former softball pitcher and athlete and Chloe's just like great at every sport she ever tries. But my poor son over here was just like so frustrated he couldn't get it right. He couldn't get the mm. bean bag near the hole or even near the board, you know, <laughs> and we're just like, oh, hey. yeah. You know, and then you see, you see him like trying too hard to make it happen. And I'm like, son, just go slow. Go, you know, it's okay. But you could tell he was just imploding from the mm. inside. He just, he just automatically went to this dark place. Like I'll never, never be good at this. And my heart broke for him because I want to tell him my first instinct is to say, it's just a game. Come on. We're having fun. Let's just, you know, stop being so competitive and it's not that big a deal. And, but it's a big deal to him because mm he doesn't know what to do with those big feelings, you know, and I have to be the one to coach him through that. He doesn't have the benefit of the years of my experiencing, oh, you know, you try something, you get better at it and it's okay. You know, I have to be his coach in that moment and just sit with him in his pain for a little bit and go, I know it's hard. It's so frustrating. I've been there too, you know, and once he's mm -hmm. ready to kind of hear a solution or try something different, I can coach him through that slowly but it's, it's the hardest thing in the world as a parent to sit there. And with my daughter, it's, it's math, you know, it's her overcoming and her not seeing those numbers work out. And she thought she knew how to do it, but the answer still wasn't right. Oh, do I remember that feeling from school? Oh my God. Math yeah. was the worst subject for me. And by worst, I mean, I got a B instead of an A, like I did my other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but that was when I was young in college, I straight up failed my algebra class in college because it was not pretty at all. I basically was like, I'm not majoring in this. Why do I even care? <laughs> you know, but it was, you know, that hard lesson of getting that horrible grade and being like, you got to do this over sister. You know, you're not, nobody else is going to earn this grade for you. You have to do the hard, uncomfortable work that it takes to move on, you know, to mm -hmm. overcome it. And so in these moments, I have to empathize enough with my kids to to show them that this feeling doesn't last forever but you've still yeah. got steps to get through it you know mm -hmm. yeah oh do I get it mine is playing slapjack with my six-year-old sister she gets so mad when I beat her I'm like kid it's slapjack I've been hitting people for the last 20 years like you'll catch up it's okay oh but yeah it, it so so rough to watch them learn something new and know that in a week they'll be better at it but they don't know that yet yeah oh and and, and thank god like when we persevere together i'm able to watch them see their own progress and try harder or just change their attitude like the next day they see somebody else going through it and they're like oh yeah I've been there. I was there yesterday, <laughs> hating life because I couldn't get the bean bag in the hole, you know, but you know, it, it's good to walk them through that and to smile and say, see, I, you know, I knew you could do it. You knew you could do it. I'm so happy to see you in this place now. And it's so rewarding. Yeah, exactly. So that's step number one is stop avoiding the pain. Just stop running away. Just admit that there is pain, that there is struggle and stop purposely avoiding it. And then that leads you into the second half of this, which is embracing discomfort. And Jen, 
when we first started talking about this topic, I had these horrible flashbacks to the workout DVDs that I used to have with Jillian Michaels on them. <laughs> and if you guys remember her, she's like this super intense, kind of mean coach and trainer from the Biggest Loser show and program, right? And so she's a fitness coach, but on these DVDs, she would you'd be in like the middle of this ridiculous workout and she would just yell and she'd be like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And you're like, what does that even mean? And you got like sweat running down under your eyes and she's like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that was just terrifying. So I'm not going to lie. A little bit of me is like, seriously, is that really how we're going to get ourselves to grow? And is that really what God wants for us is to get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Oh, but it is, isn't it? It's, it's the discomfort of doing something that doesn't feel normal or natural. Because Mm. if it was easy, as my parents would say, everyone would do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was easy. Everyone would do it. And I'm thinking, maybe, God, maybe that's why you made child delivery uncomfortable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Bible says it's a result of the fall, but at the same time, like. He could have picked anything. God could have made anything uncomfortable. And he's like, no, that, we're going to make that horrible. Like, <laughs> okay, God. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> um, so getting comfortable like embracing discomfort. I'm like, like hug it like a pillow, like get used to loving being uncomfortable. It's not some sadistic, you know, idea of beating yourself and then the next beating won't feel as hard or something. (laughs) It's like, it's, I think the way that I see it is kind of more of a welcome. Like Mm. when you, if you've ever been hiking and you kind of see how the trail winds and maybe you see an obstacle in front of you that where you know you're going to have to either bend down or cross a river or climb it up this incline and you know that it's going to make your thighs burn but you're like i can't get out of this area that i'm in if i don't keep following the path that way you know it's like like you mm-hmm. see it ahead but you've done it enough before and you've created enough of a memory in your mind by doing it because you stopped avoiding the pain of doing it and you're going forward that you're not afraid of it anymore that you know it's necessary you know it's going to hurt but even even bigger and even better you know that it's going to be worth it yes and this is totally unhelpful just as much unhelpful as these cliched sayings like if it were if it were easy everybody would be doing it but it just makes me think of what you're just saying the the children's song we're going on a bear hunt oh you know know that one we're going on a bear hunt and it's like we can't go over it can't go under it can't go around it gotta go through it (laughs) gotta go through it (laughs) we we teach kids better than we do ourselves so that is gonna i want that to be your your anthem for this episode is can't go around it gotta go through it. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to link to that book in the show. <laughs> it's a children's book, but I think it'll help everybody overcome hard things. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You actually had a really good uh, example of this because of your mom. Tell Thanks. us about what your mom has taught you in the area uh, of speeding. 
in the area of breastfeeding. It's ironic that my mother has taught me so much, seeing as I've never breastfed anybody in my entire life. But my mom is a mother of nine children of her own. She's a physician's assistant and also a lactation consultant. And so this woman loves boobs and she loves babies. So she's, she and I are talking about the struggles of breastfeeding because she honestly wants people to know and understand and be able to breastfeed and be able to enjoy it. But her issue being a breastfeeding educator is that people don't understand how hard it's going to be for probably about the first 40 days of having that new baby because, shocker, you've never done this before. So especially with first babies. We were talking about how challenging that could be because if you've ever breastfed, like there are so many things that can be issues and they can pretty much all be overcome more or less. You just need to know who to go to and you need to know what to do and you need to know what you're getting into. But my mom was talking about how the most amazing part of this almost isn't even the amazing health benefits that both you and your baby receive, but it's the empowerment that a mom gets coming out the other side of establishing a breastfeeding relationship with her baby. Because coming into being a new mom, they're so unsure of themselves, but then learning to trust the baby's body and her body that it's giving the absolute best nutrition to the baby and learning each other's signals is amazing for the mom's confidence to build that sense of trust between the baby and the mom and that sense of capableness. And like, you can't buy that in a store. That's amazing to have this mom who is confident and understands her baby and is able to do that to the best of her ability. And then just her self-assertion to know that she's got this is incredible. And so that's what this makes me think of. It's like 40 days, 40 days for that sense of just, I can do it. I know how to do it. I know how to take care of my baby. And so that was a really great example of deciding to struggle through something because it's going to be worth it. Mm, Wow. That's, that's awesome. Who knew so much psychology went into breastfeeding milk coming out of your body right <laughs> like I did, yeah and that's another misnomer breastfeeding alert it, it seems natural but it's natural in the way that exercising is natural exercising is good for us but we still like me have to force yourself to go do something a little bit uncomfortable and breastfeeding is very similar it's very natural it's very real but you gotta make the choice to go do something that doesn't feel quite perfect on the first try Sure. Yeah. And I know a lot of moms listening to this can, can relate right now. And I can too, as a mother too, I breastfed both of my kids and truly the first 40 days. Yeah. That sounds about right. Were hard. They were Mm. so difficult. They were painful. And I remember crying, trying to feed my child and crying and get wanting them so badly to have the milk, but crying, but eventually it became fine. Yeah. You just kind of turn a corner after after that month or so. And yeah, that's and you've, you've won that. You've absolutely won that. And so that's just a, oh, such a great, oh, great example for how sometimes we push through things because it's the, the thing we want to do. It's, right. we believe it's the right choice and we're committed to it. Talk about embracing discomfort. Okay. Like I'm, literally you're holding a kid that is causing you pain <laughs> and you're embracing the discomfort in order to give them what they need. Oh my gosh, that is like the best analogy ever. <laughs> yeah, you're a mama chicken who's going to breastfeed her life. There you go. And you're going to sing going on a bear hunt while you do it. This is very helpful. <laughs> By the way, disclaimer, this is not to say that 
if you did not breastfeed, it is wrong. We're just saying that this is an example of overcoming something. If you chose to bottle feed, wonderful. Your kid is happy and healthy, wonderful. So that's fine. uh, Just like I choose not to exercise, but I'm still a good person. You're fine. I'm a a slightly punchier good person. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. So Jen, what happens when we don't lean into struggle? Like what if I'm like, nah, no, I'm going to avoid pain and I am not going to embrace discomfort. Like I'm going to choose the easy way out on everything. What, what happens to me? Well, maybe a bit of a slippery slope, but I'm going to say it because I think we've all experienced it here and we need to recognize it in our own lives. When we avoid pain and discomfort, it kind of fosters a culture in in ourselves, in our home, and eventually in our society of avoidance and convenience or instant gratification. And what that can often lead to is entitlement, you know, which basically says that I am exempt from responsibility and I'm owed special treatment. Like other people should figure it out for me or help me even though I can help myself or make it easy for me so that it doesn't have to be as painful. And it's just an immature way to approach pain and suffering. And I say this because I have felt that myself. You know, I've <laughs> often expected my husband to be the only one to change because he's the problem in our marriage, for example. <laughs> hey, mine <laughs> too. My <laughs> husband is entirely the problem in my marriage. Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, like, and, and everybody's, of course, everybody's relationship is different, but but when we get into a habit of constantly expecting something to get better when we're not willing to put in the, the work that is necessary for it, or to just even change our perspective in order to do it, even if it's food, good Lord, I struggle so much with healthy eating because I get used to the comfort of my comfort food because my comfort food makes me feel real good and it helps me to hide the deeper issues that I need to work out, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a common issue with many, many women. And, and it's worth saying because, you know, first of all, I don't want any of you to feel alone in this because we all have these struggles and we shouldn't not talk about it because we don't want to be seen as a complainer or something. But some of these things, like it just comes back to nobody else is going to do it for you, you know, and that Mm. I don't say that to be condemning. I say to be real and to challenge some of us to if you feel stuck, what haven't you been willing to change in your life yet? Or what haven't you been willing to persevere through to see to the end of something that could be really, really good? Yeah. There's actually this really good book that was written by uh, two brothers, I believe, uh, Alex and Brett Harris. It's called Do Hard Things, A Teenage Rebellion Against Low Expectations. And they are saying in this book, there's this myth of adolescence, right? That all teenagers are expected to be immature, irresponsible, and rebellious, you know, but they, they've come to break this in the, the thoughts and lives of parents and teenagers that, no, you can do more than you think you can. You really can. Don't let people look down on you because you're young, as the first mm. verse says. But as that verse continues, it says, but set an example for the believers in speech, life, love, faith, purity, all these good things of life, you know, 
you don't need to have that as an expectation on you as a teenager. And you don't need to have that expectation on yourself, even as an adult, that you can't do hard things because you haven't been successful in the past. Yeah. You don't need to let that negative thinking trap you into not growing and getting better. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be part of your narrative. So something that Cloud and Townsend say in their book, The Entitlement Cure, because entitlement affects all of us. And, and they say, we work with people of every age from young children to 80, 90 year old people who are entitled and who are incredibly responsible, whatever age they are. But entitlement mm-hmm. basically says, you know, I don't need to do it because you need to do it for me. Entitlement has little interest in performing difficult behaviors that don't come naturally to them. Mm. Entitled people are capable of taking care of themselves but expect others to do it for them because they believe they are owed that or shouldn't you take care of me because you're this and I'm that. Entitled spouses think that everything going wrong in their marriage is their partner's fault. And it's basically avoiding the pain of great growth because stuff is Mm. not supposed to come easy. You know, plants struggle in the dirt and push themselves out slowly to become plants, to become flowers. Like that's how God created the natural order. It, instant gratification is not natural, but it is addictive. It is very addictive. Um, I think that we need to become more comfortable with our broken selves, honestly. And we need to be comfortable with struggling and admitting that we can't do it the first time, right, all the time, that we're going to screw up and that's okay. There's this really beautiful imagery, actually, um, that the Japanese use when they reuse broken pottery. It's called kintsugi bowls. I think there's a longer name for it too, but kintsugi bowls, they call it the art of precious scars. They'll basically take a broken pot and put it back together with gold because the gold is a precious metal and it will adhere to the broken pieces of pottery and keep it together and make it stronger. And so what you see is this gorgeous bowl with all these cracks in it, but the cracks are golden. And it is a great image of looking at our broken selves and being willing to persevere enough to, you know, put ourselves back together or call on God to help us to get back to a life that doesn't look the same. And we have scars from the pain probably. Yeah. Those scars make us better and they take us to a place of humility and we can look back and say, gosh, I persevered through that. I struggled through that and I'm better for it. And speaking of glue, there's a quote from Don Miller's book, Scary Close, that goes like this. We don't think of our flaws as the glue that binds us to the people we love, but they are. Grace only sticks to our imperfections. Those who can't accept their imperfections can't accept grace either. That just reminded me of the, you know, got the gold holding the bowls back together and showing the beauty in that imperfection and just the exact same thing. If we're not willing to embrace our imperfections, that's the only place. Those ragged cracks are the only place where that gold or that glue is going to come back in and put us back together and adhere us back to other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if Paul talks about it too. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 5, 2 to 5, he says, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame. 
he's speaking specifically about suffering through persecution and, and things like that. But either way, he had to lead the early church into these really radical places of believing that their faith was worth it. It was worth it because Christ came and he died for their sins. And he's taking them to a place of, you can do this. You can persevere with us because all of this produces these little things along the way. It's not just, you know, for the ultimate prize uh, or resting place of eternal life. It's for here and now. It's now being able to be and live in a place of strength that you can keep moving on and pressing on and eventually influencing others to do the same. That's the, oh, that's the precious part about learning to become stronger is that when we struggle, we can then say, I did it. You can do it. It's not impossible. And there's so much hope in that. Amen. So we have hope. We know what we need to do, but we need some more specific action steps and how to really start embracing the pain that we need to embrace. And what are some ways that we can do that? There's some really practical ones. You talked about a time management technique, right? Yeah, so if it comes to not wanting to put yourself out there, maybe it's writing, maybe it's speaking, maybe it's leading a group, maybe it's uh, taking on a little bit more responsibility. There's this really cool time management method called the Pomodoro Technique. And you may have heard of it before. Um, there are a lot of apps out there that allow you to use it. It's You'll see a tomato because Pomodoro basically means tomato. Um, and uh, it's the concept of going... 25 minutes head on like blinders on don't stop working for 25 straight minutes and then you have the promise of a five minute break of whatever you want you can fall on the floor you can get up and get a snack whatever you know the curse of of writers is that when we're trying to sit down and and put stuff together it's the constant distraction and oh i need a snack and I, I need another snack uh you just ate get back to work <laughs> <laughs> but then you're so hungry that you need a snack and it's just, ugh. But it's, it's the avoidance of doing the hard thing. And mm. literally it's, it's hard to sit and put words together when you don't know exactly what you want to say and you're afraid of it not sounding right. But mm. again, that, that comes back to not being afraid of having a really crappy first draft, you know? Yeah. And um, why many people don't get their books written because they expect their first draft to be amazing. And it's not, mm. it's not, there's no promise to that. So be willing to mess up a little bit, to be willing to do it badly <laughs> so that yeah. you make it better as you go. You talked about this actually in our last episode of when we were going over finding our own potential. Yeah. We talked about the idea of reframing your flaws and how that's working for you right now to overcome a lot of stuff, right? It is actually. So I, I promise you, I'm not telling you to do something I'm not trying to do myself. But this whole concept of rewriting the story in your head and the narrative in your head, because we as humans are such story bound and word bound creatures, you know, you tend to talk to yourself. And the place I started trying to, to fix the story in my head and to reframe what was going on in my head was with exercise. I mean, I know, like you wish it just wasn't an issue anymore, right? And it's really not that hard. But what I had to do is consciously stop telling myself that it's hard. Like, I'm not allowed to anymore. Like, I'm not allowed to say I don't want to be at the gym. I'm not allowed to say I don't want to go to the gym. I'm not allowed to say I don't want, I don't feel like going to the gym. I'm not allowed to, like, 
none of that self-talk where I'm telling myself, oh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. It's hard. It hurts. And I just, I've stopped saying that to myself. So to the point where I've got it set up in my brain, I've done it enough days now that when I start thinking, oh, I got to work out, it's like, nope, get to work out. I don't have to, I get to, you know, and it's, maybe I'd rather be somewhere else, but how cool is it that I'm here and I know it's going to work out in the end and I know I'm going to feel better and just absolutely taking that negative self-talk and turning it into something more positive. And it does, it starts working because then you stop wasting time going, I don't want to go. And you're just like, I get to go and I'm going to end of story. So yeah, I'm a big proponent of my story. End of your personal narrative about things being hard. There are people doing hard things in the world and it's not me at the gym. Okay. (laughs) Like stop telling yourself that some of this stuff is hard because you're just kind of psyching yourself out. Yeah. Yeah. So the point of this episode, mamas, and just going back to how deep struggle leads to great growth is that struggle is necessary, first of all. So in order to struggle, in order to become stronger, you have to number one, stop avoiding pain. And number two, embrace the discomfort, get used to being uncomfortable because if you avoid it every time you are going to be the only one getting in your own way to get where you need to be and to be the mom, the wife, the leader that God made you to be, you know, you're not going to be able to, to do amazing things if you're not willing to overcome things that are difficult on the way there, because they will be the journey there is going to not be as easy as we think it is sometimes, or it's going to be exactly as hard as we think it is, but it doesn't mean it's any less worth doing. So this has been Jen Bryant and And Jordan Jordan Marzon with the Practical Family Podcast. You've been listening to the Strong Enough series, How Deep Struggle Leads to Great Growth. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Visit us at practicalfamily.com dot org and get onto the email list so that you can be the first to hear about new episodes new freebies and all the other things that we have to offer through practical family practical family is here to help strengthen moms for real life struggles and this is a podcast to help you discover your gifts and embrace grace